We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's September 13th, it is 2023. We have a seven-game baseball slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by Mr. Canada himself, TJ. Um, TJ, I do have to um, point out one thing. So this past weekend, the Disc Golf Pro Tour was in Canada. Um, Don't ask me where, because I don't remember. But they were in Canada... And the winner got this really sweet, like Canadian, like hockey jersey, um, which I mean, just if you know anything about like hockey jerseys, like Canadian hockey jerseys on point always. But like they also gave them they did Canada wrong. They also gave them like this, like clay little like trophy. It was the most hideous thing I've ever seen in my life. It was like it was like, what are you doing? This is a pro tour. And the trophy is something that I think my four-year-old could have made. That's apologies on, uh, that's <laughs> my bad. Apologies on the app of myself and Canada. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to do better next year. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put in a call. I'll get my guys to, to talk to them and, uh, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll figure something out. We won't let it happen again. I'm trying to pull it up um, on, the, on the fly here and see if I can find one. Uh, like the, some of the photos i'd have to go on facebook and find it again but um it's been talked about so i'm in a lot of disc golf groups on facebook like selling and trading discs and stuff and it's been talked about so much this week um <laughs> just, hey the tournament was fun to watch at least um so that always matters but all right all joking aside seven game slate what's up youtube hope everyone's having a fantastic 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 tuesday night 
we're going to jump in and talk some baseball here. Uh, very interesting slate. A lot of, um, I'll just call them interesting. Um, average to below average, slightly above average pitchers. Um, I mean, we have Snell against the Dodgers as far as like elite pitchers go. Zach Gollin against the Mets. We'll talk about them here in a second. But we get started with Texas at Toronto. We got Montgomery against Kikuchi in this game. And it's currently at eight total. The Blue Jays are 120 favorites. Uh, any interest here in Montgomery? No, I don't think so. Um, 8,400 isn't that bad of a price tag. Um, maybe an MME, I'd be looking to consider him, but up against the Blue Jays, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays is a very right-handed heavy offense. You know, we talk about talk about it all the time. They haven't had as much power this season against left-handed pitching as you would kind of think. Uh, you know, kind of like Bichette at 216 ISO. Schneider, since he's gotten called up, he's been crushing left-handed pitching. He's at like a 550 ISO, but very small. I think like 40 at-bat sample size for him. So just no strikeout upside here for Montgomery. I could see Montgomery having like five, six innings, you know, allowing maybe one or two runs, three runs, just not like maybe three or four strikeouts. Not enough to pay off his his salary, I think, is the, the problem with Montgomery today. Going to the other side of this game, any interest here in Kikuchi? No, he's a guy I usually really like taking shots on in tournaments, but not against Texas, I don't think. Uh, that's just too good of a team to target for me. Um, probably no Kikuchi in this spot. All right, hear me out. Um, I'm not a huge Kikuchi fan, but on this slate, he kind of makes a little bit of sense in large field tournaments. More of... We're, we know we're going to get Seager and Lowe, so he's got two lefties. I mean, this guy's a huge strikeout guy against lefties um, throughout his career. He has been. If they hit Josh Smith in that, like, nine hole, now we're looking at three lefties. With Garcia out of this lineup, there's not a ton of right-handed power. Like, Duran's, like, the right-handed power in this bat. They don't strike out a ton, which is somewhat concerning, but you have a little bit of strikeout side, upside here with, like, if Smith is in the lineup, if Lowe is in the lineup. So... In large field tournaments, I don't think there is like a lockdown. I'm playing this guy in every 75% of my lineups, like that type of guy. Like, so I actually think like Kikuchi is somewhat playable, somewhat playable. And like, what if we get a similar game to what Ryu pitched and maybe throw in a couple extra strikeouts? Cause like Ryu, he had six innings, five strikeouts, and allowed three earned runs. Like, he didn't have a bad game. So, I mean, I think Kikuchi is, like, on my list. Maybe. He's, like, he's like a fringe play for me right now. I'm going to be honest with you. You had me at hear me out. I don't <laughs> want to play any pitcher on this slate. That's the problem, there's, right? There's literally zero that have me even a little bit excited. It's either a great pitcher in a tough matchup or it's bad pitchers in good matchups. I don't want to play any of them. And so... Yeah, Kikuchi in the MME pool, I'm actually 100% good with that. The more I look at this, the more I kind of think I'd want to play it where I find three or four stacks I really hone in on and then just get 10 to 20% of a bunch of different pitchers. Well, Hunter Brown's going to be like, what, 40% owned, 50% owned today? Like, I don't think my my projected ownership skills with baseball are all over the place this year, but 
I would be shocked if Hunter Brown is not like uber chalk today. Um, like absolutely shocked. Like going up against Oakland at home, huge favorite. Um, when I was just writing down the lines, huge favorite, like two fifty favorite for a guy under nine K with with tough pitching slate. So yeah, I think Hunter Brown. We'll talk about him in like two games. So, um, Texas bats. My, this is one of the reasons that I had a like slight interest in Kikuchi. Like Kikuchi is a lead against lefties, struggles with righties. But you look at the righties in this lineup right now, like Marcus Simeon, great hitter, 150 ISO against left-handed pitching this season. Grossman, always been better from the right side of the plate, 192 ISO. Duran, 250 ISO. Duran's the guy I think I'm the most worried about, but he also has the highest, second highest strikeout line in this lineup. So. I mean, Texas bats for me, maybe taking some some cheap options here, but I mean, this is one of the reasons that I don't mind Kikuchi. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, point as well. And then in terms of the bats in this spot, like I don't think I really want to full stack Texas, but one-offs like Duran, who you mentioned, um, Mitch Garver, I think, makes for one of the top catcher one-offs on the slate if you got the salary to spend up for him. But I don't, and then Semyon has he's has seen his price gone down too. Like he he was like mid sixes for a while, and he's all the way back down to five six. So uh, maybe a mini stack of like Semyon, Garver, Duran, but I don't really think I want a full stack here. Yeah, I mean I'm not full stacking them here. I think if anything for Texas, like you said, the Duran or like one of the cheap catchers um, against the left hand pitcher, and then honestly, like looking at toronto like their lineup's kind of banged up right now you know whit merrifield's banged up like he might not be in the lineup here today um there's like groin issues and like groin issues don't typically get better in a day but i mean if he's out like chapman's out we know that like jansen's out they put brandon belt on the il like i don't even know what this lineup necessarily is going to look like i I know like bachette schneider vlad springer but i mean that's where I would kind of go if I'm if I'm attacking this lineup. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I was trying to look and see, because um, like Horwitz, right? They they have him up with the big league club right now, but he's a lefty. I don't know who potentially like. Do they play some lefty? Like, okay, going back to the conversation on Jordan Montgomery, really quick. If like. They have to play like Varsho, Kiermeyer, Biggio, and like um, Horwitz cracks the lineup too. I might actually have a little interest in Jordan Montgomery to be- depending on like what this lineup looks like. So, all right, we got Yankees and Red Sox. Some potential weather in this game. Um, kind of been the theme this week in Boston. We got Schmidt and Tanner Houch pitching against each other. Ten total. Um, Houch is a one twenty five favorite. Any interest here in Schmidt at 7,100? No, he's a lot worse to against left-handed bats than he is against right-handed bats. And the and uh, as long as we get a normal lineup here from Boston, they got a lot of great left-handed bats. So no Schmidt for me. Low strikeout guy. Um, just not a ton of interest for me in Schmidt. Uh, Tanner Houch on the other side of this game. Man, I... I like playing right-handed pitchers against the Yankees because they're so 
right-handed heavy, but like his strikeout rate doesn't go up. His ISO and his Woba go way down and his ground ball rate is like 60% against righties. So like I could see him having an okay outing. Maybe I would say maybe he puts up like 12 points here. I don't know if that's enough. That's the thing. I don't know which of these pitchers are going to have a good day, but they're probably not all going to fail. And Houck's had what? two games this entire season over 20 DK points. There's just no upside even against the high up uh, high strikeout Yankee team. I wouldn't call you stupid for trying it because there are no good pitching options today, but I don't think I would do it. Um, Yankees bats. I will yeah, say I guess so. what, what like, like they're cheap. Judge is expensive, but the rest of the lineup is cheap. The Yankees have been struggling so much that, like, they've just got down in this price range now that, like, they're a value stack. It's so crazy to say it, but, like, the Yankees are a value stack. I think Wells will probably project as, like, the top uh, um, the top cheap catcher play today. 2,600 and a lefty going up against Houck. And uh, it's like you said, it doesn't, like, the one thing with the Yankees is they have a ton of power. They're going to strike out, but they have a ton of power. And Hoke's not striking anybody out. So Judge, Stanton, especially, but Torres, Volpe, and then any lefty that cracks this lineup, I'm interested in it as well. Like, we got a super cheap Bowers, super cheap Wells. There's, it's like you said, they they are a value stack, and it makes it really easy to pair Aaron Judge with them. Yeah, I mean, Jake Bowers is one of my favorite hitters on the entire slate today. I think, like, he's in that, in that class um, just overall, so... Uh, the Red Sox bats, I mean, really like any lefty that cracks the lineup. I think like you could even take shots on Duvall. Um, he's been fantastic this season against righties and lefties has a 300 ISO against right-handed pitching this season. Cassis Devers, like any of these guys that crack the lineup that's left-handed. And then you can always throw in a guy like Adam Duvall in your stack. Yeah, hundred percent. Definitely like the full stack with as many lefties as possible. And then mixing in. Uh, some Duval or something like that, but even just a mini stack of Cassis Endeavors, I think, is a wonderful play on this league. All right, cruising along, we got Oakland at Houston Brown against Blackburn in this one. I already said it, eight and a half, and Astros a two fifty favorite. Uh, any interest here in Paul Blackburn? I always like I almost always like taking shots on Paul Blackburn. He's super cheap. He rarely gets ownership and I feel like he typically has upside at his price, but I can't play Blackburn against this Houston team. I don't think even at 6,600, like Houston's just too good Um, in MME builds. Anything can happen and he's cheap. So yes, maybe I would take a few shots, but it would just be closing my eyes and hoping I get lucky. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing 150 teams today, this guy's going to have low ownership, and he's one of a few pitchers that can put up 20-plus. Like, you don't even necessarily need 20. 18 at his ownership and outscore some of these other guys? Um, I don't hate it for large tournaments. I will say Houston's one of my favorite stacks on the slate um, as far as, like, the bats, but I think this is, like, one of those seven-game slates where you're like, oh, maybe I think I think you could say – I'm going to have 10% Blackburner or 8% Blackburn and still get my 15% Houston stacks if I wanted that high, you know? So um, I just think that like on non-Houston teams, you could potentially take some shots on Blackburn because he has a decent strikeout rate, low strikeout team. The Astros bats should do well. 
they should do well. We're not saying that they shouldn't, um, but just pure upside-wise, I think that you know you have to have a little interest. Uh, the other side of this game, I kind of already said it, man. I, I think that we're going to see pretty big ownership projections and pretty big ownership in general today for Hunter Brown. Um, 26.5% K-rate guy, 8% walk guy. You know, swing and strike rate is around 11%. Oakland. I mean, he's facing Oakland at home. He's getting Oakland at his place. Um, yeah, just when we're looking at pitching on the slate, he just sets up as a, a great option. It's just, do you eat the chalk or do you not eat the chalk? Depends on how egregious the chalk is for me. If it is in that 50 plus percent range, I will have 0% Hunter Brown in tournaments. Um, he's been getting hit super hard by both sides all year. Um, this Oakland team does have power, uh, especially from the left-handed side, despite um, the high strikeout rate. It's a boom-bust spot, and if the ownership is going to be really high, I'm going to pick that he busts, and I'm going to be really overweight on Oakland. Um, that's kind of just how I'm planning to go about it right now. If he's 20 to 30%, then yeah, I still think he's the SP1 in tournaments. Um, he's the cash game SP1 regardless today. But in tournaments, if he is in that 50-plus percent ownership range, I will go 0%. Um, Oakland Bats got to Verlander, right, on Monday night early. Uh, any interest here in the Oakland Bats? Yeah, like I think especially if uh, Hunter Brown picks up a hefty amount of ownership, Oakland will be one of my top stacks. They got a huge park upgrade and Brown gives up a ton of power. And so guys like Noda, uh, Brown, Langoliers, Giloff, even like whoever cracks the lineup, really. Um, if Tony Kemp's in a good spot, I'd be interested in him. And so um, the lower strikeout guys, the better. But I'm going to take a shot on uh, this full stack as well if, if he's going to have really high ownership. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things. This is a seven-game slate if you're – you're eating the chalk you build out you definitely build out some oakland stacks uh houston i think like i said they're one of the top stacks on the slate today they're healthy um this lineup is the best it's been all season you know what are your thoughts here when it comes to the houston bats yeah i like them a lot one of the top stacks on the board couldn't agree more um no more cores on this slate. And so we don't have to worry about that. You get Oakland's bullpen after like, obviously it's not a bullpen game, but after Blackburn, you get Oakland's bullpen, which is one of the worst in the league. And you get it outside of Oakland. (laughs) Sorry. I accidentally opened Twitter on my phone and a video popped open. Um, But uh, yeah, anytime I can target Oakland outside of Oakland, I'm game. And so, yeah, I agree with you. Houston's one of the top stacks on the board. Yeah, fantastic spot. I just wish they'd get Chaz McCormick, Chaz McCormick back in the lineup against lefties. They're they're missing out on a big stick there. Arizona at New York facing the Mets. No total in this game. It sounds like it's going to be Luke Casey from for the Mets side today. It sounds like he's expected to be um, called up and pitch here uh, through about a month ago, and then really hasn't pitched in the big since May. His start a couple. It was about three weeks ago, four weeks ago um, against St. Louis. was really solid. And then we have Zach Gallen. Um, let's talk Zach Gallen. He's 9,800 talent-wise. I mean, this guy has to be at the top of the board on the slate. Him and Snell, do you – I don't think I trust the matchup, but, I mean, I also – I love the ballpark upgrade here for Gallen going into City Field. 
don't love the matchup. Don't I definitely wouldn't say I trust him, but he is definitely way, way, way has way too high of upside for me to consider fading. Um, so he's definitely one of the top pitchers on the board. I think if I'm choosing between him and Snell, I would probably choose Gallon on this slate. Um, another guy that gets hit very hard, but a strong strikeout rate. And like you said, a big park upgrade. So hopefully that'll help limit the power a little bit. And uh, yeah, I like Gallon in this spot. Tough to trust them. I don't really like it. It's like it's in the context of this slate. I like him. I don't feel confident about any single pitcher on this slate, but in the context of the slate, I do like him. Yeah, I think he's my top pitcher in the slate just overall. Um, yeah, I think Brown's in a great spot. Zach Allen's just so good. Um, the bottom half of this Mets team disappears a lot too. So, I mean, if you can get around Alonzo, Lindor, Nimmo, you're not typically worried about like Brett or Jeff McNeil taking you deep. Um, DJ Stewart strikes out at such a high clip. So, I think that Gallon has the the highest ceiling on the slate, even over I think even over Blake Snell today. Uh, Luke C sixty two hundred. Any interest here? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, maybe a little. He has upside and he's cheap. So the chances of him reaching that upside probably aren't super high against a good team like Arizona. They don't strike out a lot, but he is cheap and he does have big strikeout upside in only in limited games so far this year. He's had a, a nine strikeout game. And so we've seen him throughout his career be a decently high strikeout guy. And so I'll take some shots because he is cheap, but I don't like it. Again, we're not going to love a lot here, but I mean, this is a, a 30 year old that's kind of pitching for a job next year. Let's <laughs> just say it. We'll say it how it is. Um, so, you know, I think this is a spot where he really does need to come out, kind of have a good game, maybe a couple good outings here to finish the season. His numbers in AAA is just, I mean, it's not the, the greatest thing in the world. Um, he He's shown a little bit of strikeout upside in AAA this season. I mean, his, his issue just continues to be the walks, the command, the control. Um, so I don't mind taking some shots on him. He's cheap. Like you said, he's cheap. But as far as Arizona bats go, this guy walks people at such a high clip and his command is such a big issue that all it takes is a couple big hits here. Even in this ballpark for your stack to kind of go off, Christian Walker, Tommy Pham, Gary L, Marte, um, just a spot that, 
I don't mind loading up on some of the bats against Luke Casey and non-Luke Casey teams. Yeah, I agree with you completely. He's got blow-up potential, um, risk-reward type pitcher, and the risk side is probably more likely to come true than the reward. So, Fam, Guriel, and Christian Walker, definitely my favorite. Hopefully, Gabriel – oh, is Moreno on the IR or he's on the paternity list? So, maybe uh, Moreno is going to be back and hopefully – Nice, cheap catcher, better against lefties. Uh, I don't mind the Arizona stack. Um, I doubt he's back, by the way. He probably won't be back until the next series. But um, if he were, if he's out, you know, we still, I mean, we get a $2,200 catcher potentially. In, um, here's, here's me sleuthing the night before, though. He was in the Blue Jays farm system, so that means – his uh, his partner, where the the child may be have, taking birth, could be located in Buffalo, which is right beside New York, and so uh, he'll he'll be able to quickly make it back for the game. There you go. I mean, we'll see what happens, but or we just wait till the lineup drops. Yeah, we wait till the lineup. Like Herrera could be in there, and we get a twenty two hundred dollar catcher to pivot off of um, cheap Yankees chalk. So. Um, Mets bats and the interest in the Mets here against Zach Gallen. I think Pete, Pete Alonzo makes for a great one-off in this spot. Um, and I don't even think it'd be crazy to mini stack Alonzo at Lindor and then one of Nimmo or Stewart, but definitely no full stack for me here. All right. We got Miami at Milwaukee. This game is no total. Um, we know Garrett is going to pitch for Miami. We have no idea who's pitching for Milwaukee. Um, I read some stuff that it could be Colin Ray. We really don't know. Um, we'll just kind of assume it's Colin Ray, and we'll go with that. But let's go Garrett first, though. Uh, interesting spot. The Brew Crew just keeps winning. Um, keep They keep doing their thing. Garrett has some upside. You know, this is a team that has been better recently against left-handed pitching, but overall this season, they're not great against left-handed pitching. Um, what are your thoughts here on Garrett at 7,700? Definitely in play. I think he's kind of in like that um, Kikuchi-ish range for me. Um, I'll get to him in tournaments, but I don't feel super great about it. Um, I, I, I don't. I like taking lefties against Milwaukee. It's like you said, they've been better lately, but that's been something I've been doing throughout the year. And uh, on, on a slate like this, I, I don't mind taking some shots on Garrett. I feel like he's one of the most likely guys on the slate to just, like, get you a good 15. Which, I mean, might be okay on the yeah. slate. Um, man, I might just lock it in. If I can get, like, lock me in 15 right now, I'd probably take it. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, if it is Colin Ray on the other side of this game, any interest in Ray here against Miami? I don't want to, but like this is a guy who has been a little bit reverse splitsy, and there's no Jorge Soler, um, and most of the other strong batters in this lineup hit from the left side, and so I don't want to play Colin Ray at all. But in theory, it probably work. Like this would be a good type of lineup for him to face, even though it is a pretty big uh, park upgrade for the Miami bats. Miami's one of my favorite stacks today. I don't think I'm playing Colin Ray if it is Colin Ray. I get it, though. 6K, if a couple of those balls that are like borderline warning track balls stay in the ballpark and he doesn't give up his typical two home runs. Um, he loves giving up two home runs a game, by the way. 
maybe he keeps the ball in the ballpark in this game, but dude, I love I love the Miami stack today. Berger, Jazz, De La Cruz, Sanchez. Um, just a stack that I, I could see myself like three like using a mini like three man stack or getting like a four four stack going or it might even be one of those slates that I have like a five man Miami stack today. Um, I think it's a really interesting spot for them. You stack Miami, you can do whatever you want with um, pitching on the slate. So just very interested in this team overall today. Really like them as a mini stack. Uh, the Burger, Dela Cruz call. Love both of those guys. Um, I feel like I need a bit more convincing for a full stack, but a mini stack, I like them quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you have Burger, you have De La Cruz, you have Jazz. That's a great three-man stack. Yeah, um, big time. Love and that. then you just chase power with Jesus um, Sanchez, and you have three, four, five, six potentially little four-man stack and you hope it kind of works out um any interest in the my milwaukee milwaukee not miami milwaukee bats another team i would rather mini stack than full stack i respect what garrett can do i would much rather just play like uh one-off will uh william Contreras, josh donaldson back in our lives a uh, little carlos santana maybe but um, and then, of course, Willie Adamas, 4300 is a great price tag for him at short today, even as a one-off or part of a mini stack. But probably not a full stack spot for me. You never know, though. If these guys get some good lineup spots and we get uh, Tyrone Taylor batting fifth today and it's, he's super cheap, then, yeah, maybe I'll end up full stacking them, too. Um, I will note that Joey Weimer replaced Mark Kana. Mark Kana got hurt early dealing like a wrist, I think, in like the second or third inning in um Tuesday night's game. So like we might get um Joey Weimer at like twenty three hundred as a potential value. He has a little bit of power. Um so oh, he bats like fifth or something like that. I would he'd be one of my favorite value plays on the slate. Yeah, he has he has stolen base upside too. I think he I'm pretty sure he's like double digits stolen bases and home runs this year, which is not bad for like 2300. Yeah. Um, all right. Kansas City, Chicago White Sox cruising along. This game, this series has had some scoring. Um, crazy that we haven't got to play it because of how the slates have fallen. But, um, we don't know who's pitching for the Royals. Alec Marsh, probably long relief with an opener is my guess from what I've read. Maybe they let Alec Marsh actually start in this game. Bullpens are taxed. This has been a series with a lot of runs. Clevenger pitching for the White Sox. We're probably not touching this Kansas City situation unless we get like news on – I don't even know who I would play. <laughs> if it, like, Cole Reagans. If Cole Reagans pitched today, um, I would play him. But I know he just pitched like two days ago. So I'll, there you go. So that'd be a bad play. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably still, <laughs> I'd still play him. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't see myself touching Alec Marsh today. I get like White Sox are not great, but um, just not something I'm going to mess with today. No, me neither. Yeah, 20 runs total, someone said tonight. They Didn't they have a lot of runs in the other makeup game or – didn't they play a doubleheader with some runs early? It was like six to two or something. They scored like eight runs. I don't know. Anyway, um, any interest in Clevenger on the other side of this game? Another guy you can throw into the MME pool, but he's one of the guy. He's one of the bunch that I'm the least fond of. See, I think he has like one of the highest potentials for like lowest floor, highest ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, with that. like you don't love it. I, I mean, 
no one wants to click the name Mike Clevenger. Um, I don't, but when we're looking at like what he's been able to do recently and you look at like this lineup, Kansas City's a team that like they can disappear. They they can disappear with the best of them. Um, does Clevenger get like 95, 100 pitches here? Because he's pitch if he pitches a little bit better, you know, with the bullpen being used a little bit more. Um, that's a marathon game that's going. It's 19 runs right now. So I think Clevenger, his floor is probably like negative five, and his ceiling here is probably like 35. Yeah, agree with that 100 percent I'm kind of just probably gonna be waiting for to see which one of these teams just puts out a crap lineup and just try and take advantage of that uh, an hour before lock because um, all of these pitchers are kind of look the same to me, but Clevenger is the one whose median outcome is the most irrelevant because I agree with you 100%. Four minus five, ceiling at 35. Um, all right. Bats. If you're not playing Clevenger, I think you're looking um, at some of the Royals' bats. They've just been hitting the ball really well. What are your thoughts here on the Royals? Yep, love the Royals in this spot. Really like both stacks. Um, I don't even really care who at this point. It just depends on the lineup. I like Bobby Witt. I like MJ Melendez, Massey, Velasquez. Like they just refuse to price Velasquez up no matter how good he hits. And so I just want to keep playing Velasquez and wait and see on the lineup. But they're all cheap outside of Witt. And um, outside of Witt doesn't really matter to me which one of them I get in my lineup. So um, I, I do like them as a full stack, though, because Clevenger, it's like you said, he could be great or he could get absolutely lit up. Um, yeah, White Sox, like not knowing, like if it is Alec Marsh, I have interest in the White Sox bats today. Um, Alec Marsh is just not above average, I think is like, he has a little bit of strikeout upside, but man, this guy gives up a ton of power. Like his ISO sitting at almost 300 this season, bunch of fly balls a lot of hard hits um almost 50 percent hard hits his barrel rate's one of the highest probably the highest on the slate like yeah i think that the white Sox stack is very very much in play today yeah i think they're in a great spot especially like if it's marsh i think they're in a great spot robert jimenez mancata has been hitting the ball so well lately and then you can just mix in a couple cheap guys to make it a full stack so those three are definitely my favorites, and uh, I like this team as a full stack as well. All right, cruising along here, San Diego at LA taking on the Dodgers. Nine total. Uh, Dodgers are one forty favorite. It's crazy that Snell um, against Ryan Piat is a dog in this one, but I mean Piat has been pitching really good. Any interest here in Snell? I think you got to like, even though it's the Dodgers, I never want to play pitchers against the Dodgers, but he has the highest upside on the slate. He's probably going to win the NL Cy Young. He's been pitching lights out lately. Um, just pitched great against Houston the other night. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. I not don't have interest in playing a hundred percent Snell, but I hundred percent have interest in playing Snell. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. 
starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those spots where you could easily just say stack stack Snell and pitch pitch him on different teams. Like, the upside is just is there, but it's also, I mean, it's, it's the Dodgers. So it's just one of those spots that I think like, if you wanted to take some shots in large field tournaments, just do it. And like, no one can really fault you for it, but we're going to talk about um, the stock stacks here as well. I know his name is not Piat. It's fun. Okay. Gosh, people Pepiat on the other side of this game. Do you have any interest in Ryan Pepiat? <laughs> I think it's Pepio, but uh, <laughs> just bugging. I, I watched him pitch a little bit in his last game. I'm, I'm pretty sure they said Pepiot, but whatever. Um, I just love messing with YouTube chat. It's like my favorite thing to do now. Uh, comes. You let be honest. It comes in second after messing with Dean. Um, but oh. uh, <laughs> San Diego's a great offense, or they should be a greater offense than they are. But yeah, Pepio's been Pepiot's been. I got you messed up now. Like See, this is why I do it. It's so Kinda good. Like <laughs> uh, he, uh, he's been really, really good. And so I don't love the low pitch count. He was lights out last game, went seven innings, only gave up one hit, and they still only let him go up to 84 pitches. So I don't love that. They got patient hitters like Soto there. That could rack up a pitch count really, really quick. So that would lower him on my list. You never know if he ends up getting like an extreme pitching ump that would uh, bump him up my list quite a bit. But the pitch count worries me. I feel like it limits his ceiling. So to kind of visit the pitch count really quick, Miami, they were up 10 nothing when they yanked him. They really didn't need him to go back out. In Arizona, they were winning 7 nothing, and they extended him eight more pitches than the start before that. So had that, had that Miami game been closer... Do they let him go out in the eighth? I mean, the Dodgers bullpen has been shaky at best this season, it feels like. So maybe if this game is close, he gets that extra inning and maybe gets up to like 93, 94 pitches. Um, so TJ goes back to the conversation we've been having this whole podcast. Um, we don't love pitching on the slate. Pepia is like a guy that makes sense right like he has some ability to go deep into a games the his offense behind him can get him a win take some shots with that said let's talk Padres bats um anything standing out to you for San Diego no I don't really want to play them at all uh you can always play Tatis and Soto and Machado because they're great hitters but I don't really want to get to any San Diego He's done a great job limiting power and um, has a little woba. His barrel barrel rate is like under under five percent so far. Um, so, yeah, I mean overall, I just don't think this is going to be a spot um, here. So, yeah, I think with the Julio um, Urias news that has come out, like this is going to be a guy that stays up with the big league club now and like and pitches like full time for the Dodgers for the rest of the season, but we'll see. Um, Dodgers bats against Snell. Dude. I mean, one of the reasons that you never love Snell is because he's boomer bust. You get that bust today and you get this Dodgers stack, like man to have a Dodgers stack with some good one-offs or a good secondary stack with pitching that does really well. And then you get to open up 
the slate two hours after all the other games start and like, all right, here's my five man Dodgers stack. Um, let's sweat it out. You know, there's no other, there's no better feeling than that. If I was doing two lineups, they would, I don't, not necessarily two, but if I was doing three, like a three lineup build, I could almost guarantee I would have a snail build and a five man Dodger stack. I play three lineups most nights. I'll have a Dodger stack in a one of three lineups tonight for sure. I don't know if I'll have snow, but I'll have I'll have a Dodger stack. Yeah, in one of there's three. so many cheap stacks on the on the board. I do think I think it'd be interesting to just bet on talent and say I'm going to play Snell and Zach Gallon together because there are the cheap stacks that allow me to do it. Yeah, I mean Snell could easily pitch well against the Dodgers here today, so wouldn't shock me anyway. All right, um, let's talk. Morning grind game. Sorry, um, was reading chat and got sidetracked. Under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? Yuck. Um, I guess we'll do Mike Clevenger. I was gonna say there's one really easy one. Um, I like the Clevenger call. He was the really easy one. Give me Garrett for Miami. Over eight K to score under fifteen. Who's your bust today? Are you ready for this? You're gonna say Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown. <laughs> oh yeah don't hate it i really don't hate it um i'm gonna go blake snell over 4k to hit a home run who's going yard today hmm. let's go with xander uh, sorry rafael devers like that i'm gonna go kyle tucker he profiles really really well against paul blackburn today uh, under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bat that you like today? Let's go Seth Brown. Don't hate it. I'm going to go Tommy Pham. Keep the streak going. I feel like I've talked about him a lot this week. Um, stack to score six or more runs. Who's getting the job done? Oakland Athletics. All right. I like the theme here. I'm going to go Miami Marlins to get six or more runs today. Uh, TJ, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Busy, busy time of content creation. NFL is here. I'll be hosting the morning grind the next two nights, one day with Tim, one day, I believe, with Will. Um, and then I just, right before uh, we started going live, I just watched one of the best pieces of Star Wars anything I've ever content. I've watched in my life in ahsoka episode five on disney plus so i'll be talking about that on the agents of fandom podcast right in the re review on agents of fandom.com and then got some fun comic cons and expos coming up in the next few weekends as well new york comic cons in october and then in a few weeks here i will be hosting my first ever i'll be moderating my first ever panel with a celebrity guest at a convention so i'll be uh moderating nolan north's panel he's the he's an actor but also a big time voice actor he's nathan drake and uncharted um and a whole bunch of other things as well in assassin's creed bunch of marvel games so i uh, really excited for that heck yeah man that's awesome so um yes tj will be hosting the next couple of days for me i am traveling to a nascar race this weekend and have a weird travel schedule this week. I'll still be doing the NFL podcast with Keith. Um, 
it'd be funny because me me and tj might be recording the morning grind at the same time tomorrow night so uh look look for that we have to actually talk about that after the show so <laughs> yeah make sure we go in like otherwise yeah. we're going to be in the same stream yard room and it's not going to work <laughs> oh yeah well i make the stream yard different so for nfl but anyway i hope everyone has a fantastic tuesday night who's on youtube and a fantastic wednesday that are listening podcast form we'll be back tomorrow well tj will be talking baseball Hope everyone has a fantastic day. See you then.